Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. South Louisiana is known for food and music and other artistic and creative cultural expressions, so it's a bit surprising that we're not known for our clothing designers. With so much inspiration to draw from, why aren't there more textile and apparel designers and manufacturers? And what's the story behind those who are giving it a go? With me today to discuss this is Dave Duncan, co-owner of Jack Duncan Designs, a sustainably made menswear brand that creates shirts for the everyday man. Dave founded and runs the company with his wife, Brittany Tub Duncan, who shares his passion for finding unique prints and has her own brand, Itty by Bitty, which provides children's options in the Jack Duncan prints. Dave and Brittany founded Jack Duncan Designs in early 2023 and currently operate out of their home studio in Mid-City. Dave, it's a pleasure to meet you and thanks so much for joining us on Out to Lunch. Awesome, thanks for having and me. And you are sporting one of your shirts. Very nice. With me and Dave at the table is Parla Lafargue, owner and designer at the Maybe Collection, a local business that also uses ethical practices to make comfortable, functional women's garments that have minimal environmental impact. Paula started the company in 2016 after spending 10 years designing clothes for nursing moms, children, and utility workers, and not all at the same time. She's a native of Baton Rouge who attended the Fashion Institute of Technology and cut her teeth in the industry in New Orleans and Chicago before returning home. And if Paula's name is familiar to you, it is because she is a returning guest. We last spoke to her during the pandemic when we were remote, so it's nice to see you in person. Nice to see you. Catch up on how your business is doing. And like I said, I'm so happy that y'all are in similar fields doing similar things, right? And really much needed niche, I suppose. Here, Dave, you and your wife, Brittany, got this idea traveling around Asia. We did. And and so at least that's what your narrative is. And so what were you doing living there? And would they make their clothes more local? Yeah, so I, I guess I graduated university right at the end of the last recession. So I decided to take off and go travel. Um, and teaching English was a good idea. So I just I turned up in Vietnam and started teaching, teaching English there and met my wife. And um, obviously Vietnamese people are quite small, so I, it was hard for me to find anything that fit me. So I'd often get stuff made, you know, shirts, suits, pants, things like that. So that's kind of how we got, got the idea of making stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. And so obviously you are from... New Zealand. New Zealand. Yes. And... Is your wife from Baton Rouge? Is that what brought she's, y'all here? Yeah, she's from Shreveport. Um, she stayed at LSU. Um, she kind of had the same idea as me and kind of just decided to go travel for a while and, and start an adventure, I guess. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, lots to dig into here. But, yes. Paula, let's bring you into the conversation yeah. because the Maybe Collection also 
creates and designs That's sustainably correct. sourced clothes. Yes. And your line, as you told us a couple of years ago, is mostly women's fashion? It is um, entirely women's fashion, yes. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, just a little backstory. Um, I am from Baton Rouge, and um, I went to LSU and then studied at FIT and um, moved around a little bit, uh, worked in Chicago and in Atlanta, um, came back here for family. And um, yes, it is not a place that's known for um, <laughs> making clothing and fashion, but, uh, but I really um, love the way it works out when you know when you make it happen and um, bring it all together it's uh, it's it's kind of worked out exactly the way I would fantastic have it. yeah and and you not only design your clothes but you actually make them yourself so yes I um, I make uh, I, at this point I'm making a lot of the first samples and then I jump in when necessary um, I have four local seamstresses that help me out amazing women um, here in Baton Rouge that um, you know, I I do the designing, the pattern making, and the cutting, and then pass the yeah. pieces to them. They sew from home, and um, and it just yeah, it works out uh, really well. Um, especially since our product is mostly one-offs, custom-made, made, made right. to order. So um, you know, we can give each individual piece that care. To well, I can't wait to hear about how, how the market is here and the demand for the clothing that y'all do. But Dave, let's go back to how you and Brittany got from Vietnam and a really great idea to actually being here in Baton Rouge doing it. Right. Uh, was it, has it been difficult to launch? And it, uh, did, did you actually know how to do this or you were just interested in it? Yes and no. So <clears throat> there is a bit more of a backstory to it. We actually started a, f a full woman's clothing line. Uh, and we, we went to China for a year uh, to try and see if we could manufacture over there. Um, and then we, we, we joined like a sustainable fashion accelerator called um, uh, Fashion 45. Nice. And I guess the pandemic hit and we put, we put a lot of time and energy into it, going into like a full production type thing. And it just kind of fell flat as, as COVID hit. Um, so we decided that we would just reevaluate how we're going to do it and we'd always talk about men's shirts we'd i'd had a lot of guys around here ask me where i get my shirts from you know and so i i definitely saw like a, a gap in the market for my kind of style and 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 flair for shirts so that's kind of how we we finally decided to make a menswear line first okay yeah. and yeah. and sustainably sourced and and your yes. fabrics the patterns are really cool they're very I mean, they remind me of something you'd see at New Orleans, at Jazz Fest right. maybe, or, you know, yeah. just a good summer barbecue kind of party, right? Paisleys and flowers and, yes. and LSU kind of themed things. And where where do the patterns come from? Do you design the fabrics, the textiles we as don't. well? So the, the original idea was to um, print our own our designs. Um, I have a bit of a passion for graphic design. Uh, I've, we've had a, We've struggled kind of finding a place that can print low qualities for us but I think we found one so hopefully moving to next year we will be printing our own designs but for now we just we have a couple of online vendors that we like that have um, a couple of good design houses that we appreciate uh, most of them are kind of screen printed in Japan they're very nice quality cotton um, and then the buttons we use are also eco-friendly they're, they're called a Corozo button which is made out of a Tagua nut um, they also refer to it as a false ivory so okay yeah 
And for the everyday man, meaning just the average person on the street. Definitely, yeah. And Paula, who is your, who is your, uh, you know, target clientele? Is it the everyday woman? Um, yes, it, uh, my customers range in age, um, college age to, you know, an older uh, woman. But I would say they share a sense of um, style and that they're looking for something that is simple, like beautiful in a very, in a simple way, something that doesn't, um, isn't too loud. You know, it, it lets them kind of add their own bit of personality or let their own style personality come through and then also of course um a big drive is uh to the product is the um the kindly made the um environmentally and uh you know uh, the way that we make our things so when y'all i mean y'all both make sustainably made as part of your your brand and your mission your priority so what does that mean in real practical terms um, for instance Dave, um, with with your shirt how how do you make them sustainably so we tr- we always try to use natural fabrics um all of all of the um extra pieces that go into it we try to make them environmentally conscious as possible we have organic labels um like I said, the buttons are natural. We <clears throat> will, you know, venture into using linens, things like that. Um, so that's kind of the materials focus. And then moving forward, if the company grows, you know, just supporting workers and making sure whatever we're making stuff out of isn't really affecting um, communities wherever it's coming from, yeah. things like that. So that's just kind of our ethos, I guess. And and what about you, Paula? Is that roughly the same? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely the you know the fabrics the um we use linen mostly um all natural fibers and um and then the the way it is made by hand locally so there's a reduction in shipping costs we do made to order so we're not making um an unnecessary amount of inventory that we know will never leave the shelves um and uh yeah and then also um I think a big part of it is people like to know the story behind. I mean, with fast fast fashion, there's so much out there. There's not a scarcity of clothing. You know, we they have lots of other options, but to give them an option where they can know where it came from, um, know the story behind it, and uh, feel like a connection with the garment and the people behind it, you know, that made it. And... Um, I think it's uh, it's nice to give customers an option like that, sure. even with their clothing. So. so I guess most of your customers are sort of mission driven. Like it's a it's yeah. a priority for them to shop these products because they are also concerned about sure. the sustainability of what they're wearing. Or on their they're bodies. not mission driven and they stumble on it and they like the idea of it. You know, like yeah. I think it can also be um, it can also introduce people to. Uh, that to those options which is nice too what about the price point i mean i think we talk about accessibility dave says the everyday man and i think you 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 have said accessible in your marketing materials but in real life it's expensive to have clothes that are made basically homemade by a small Mm -hmm. right it is artisanal manufacturer it's a lot and especially if you're thinking about 
people that want to support Made in America or wherever, whatever country they may live in, um, the labour cost is a lot higher. So whether it's someone like I doing it myself or you have to pay someone to do it. Um, so yeah, the price point does have to be higher, but I think a lot of people seem to appreciate that from us when they, they hear our story and, and hear that we're making it locally. Um, I think people just like to support that um, alone. So yeah. yeah. I think, um, yes, I think accessibility is um, something I definitely always keep in mind. Um, the truth is that buying fabric and making clothing and shipping, I mean, there's no such thing as free shipping. Shipping is like, yeah. um, right. there's uh, all of those things do have costs and, um, and this is the real cost for us to do that um, here. So we, we aren't greedy we try to uh you know give it offer it at a very fair price and make it as accessible as possible but the honest truth is that these things cost this much to do making clothing we were talking about earlier is 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 hard you know it's a it take, it's a skill it's a um a learned skill and uh one that is often hard to come by here especially in Baton Rouge right. but um but uh you know that um there is a there is a cost and this is what you know this is what it is and and you obviously studied fashion design and and you and you know how to sew going mm -hmm. back to your childhood um no no I learned how to sew in college I was always trying <laughs> and uh, you know cutting things up and trying to put them back together um, but I really didn't have sewing skills until I went to LSU um, and then it's something that uh, I have definitely learned and built upon over the years, um, and I I think that it that it is that kind of skill. You know, some I feel like I still with new projects get a little better. You know, right. it's like you 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 build onto it. It's um it's one that comes from experience. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Paula Lafargue of the Maybe Collection and Dave Duncan of Jack Duncan Designs. We'll continue our conversation when we come back from this short break. Support for Out to Lunch Baton Rouge comes from Adeta Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, and Rev Realtors. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Paula Lafargue of the Maybe Collection and Dave Duncan of Jack Duncan Designs. And, and what about you, Dave? Do, do you or Brittany know how to actually sew, operate the sewing machine? Or Yes, we do. Um, we're pretty self-taught. Brittany, Brittany learned how to sew a few years ago, maybe five and then enjoyed it so much and when this idea came about taught me how to sew um she didn't want to be doing it all for me um and then eventually we started getting into buying industrial machines and learning how to use those from videos wow. and um fixing them up and all sorts of stuff so yeah we're definitely self-taught in a way that's so much fun yeah is it fun though or it sounds like so much fun and to be doing this with your young wife and you know starting out an ambitious idea it's great yeah it's it's nerve-wracking and it's very scary a lot of the time but I, I i seem to enjoy that um and so yeah starting the small business and and doing something that we weren't necessarily um experienced at has been a real a real trip it's been it's been awesome and y'all are both small scale how do you market and advertise and get the word out 
you know, that you've got these great clothes. And, and you have a showroom, I think, Dave, or Shopette. Yeah, got a little Shopette. And, and Paula? I'm mostly online. I'm um, mostly through Etsy. So um, I don't do a lot of marketing and uh, or social media marketing. Um, and to some extent, that's intentional <laughs> because um, through Etsy, I find that I've... Uh, I, I, at this point of where I want to be, I have enough business. Um, in the future, I, I have some ideas about how I would like to, you know, pick up the marketing and um, grow it, and then and then maybe meet a demand that that marketing <laughs> would then, uh, you know, increase an increase in demand. Um, but uh, but Etsy is a good way to reach customers without um, people come looking for linen and sustainable clothing through Etsy and um, and so it's kind of a shortcut so they're basically for me. looking for it searching and what about and what about y'all Dave I mean is it do you get walk-in customers on government street we do so opening up we yeah we started um, in the shop here about six months ago with um, Amosa jewelry so we get a lot of their foot traffic. Um, and So a shop at, I'm sorry to interrupt you, means what exactly? You're like a pop-up shop in a shop? Yeah, it's or? like a little trailer, nice little trailer store at the end of their little shopping area. With um, They're also with Red Stick Reads. And so we get, we get some of their foot traffic, um, which has been nice. Um, but yeah, we, we still have to kind of work on marketing um, and growing our online sort of base. At the moment, it's a lot of it pop-up markets or, or just being in the shop here for now and then do you make supply ahead of time so you have some inventory on the rack or yes. is it all made to order so we have inventory for the store and then when we have a big market coming up we just did st francisville wine and food festival last weekend we'll we'll choose a couple of prints and just go bananas for two weeks and you know make 15 shirts or so for those nice. markets and then um we're kind of have some inventory after that left over for we can put back in the shop or for online sales so yeah and how is baton rouge as a as a place to do the kind of business that you're in um um i think it's it's great uh i would say um the markets are fun i I participated in those for a while and those have really picked up in the past decade uh which is nice for people who are you know breaking into the maker's world and um i it definitely helped me in the beginning i've kind of laid off again trying to find life balance and (laughs) there are a lot of work um but uh but baton rouge as far as running a business like this like i said you have to figure a lot of the things out yourself like basic mostly production um but because of the way online selling and online fabric ordering and um all that has um grown so much it's possible for someone like me you know to do something like this in baton rouge which i'm grateful for yeah i'm really grateful what about you dave i mean has it been a warm receptive community to uh yeah to to literally set up shop it has. I think, yeah, I think it's been great. I think um, we've been making clothing that maybe people didn't necessarily know they wanted or could or saw around Baton Rouge. So um, I think in that sense, it's, it's opened a, a lot more people's eyes to, you know, 
wearing some nice, nicer men's clothing or um, a lot of you know women buy them for their husbands or for um, their, their sons-in-law, things like that. So yeah, it's been really well received. Excellent. Definitely. Good. Paula, we last visited with you during the pandemic and I can't, how, how did you weather it? And obviously came out on the other side okay, yeah. but uh, yeah, um, what's changed since then? Was it ended okay. up being bad, good or indifferent for you? I would say it was, um, it ended up not affecting business so much. Um, it was more of a personal journey. <laughs> Um, wasn't it though? It wasn't it though? <laughs> for us all. <laughs> and so what, um, what I, I guess what's changed the most since the pandemic is um, just it gave me a little space to really think about uh, what I want the business to look like, yeah. what I want my life to look like, what, you know, what I want to offer, uh, you know, in my community. And uh, so... I feel like I, everything is done now. I, I feel like I actually do everything a little slower now and with a little more, you know, thought and um, making sure that I'm putting my energy and my uh, focus where I where I really want it to be. So, um, so yeah, the business has not changed that much. If anything, I've slowed down a little on purpose. That's and, great. Um, and I'm able to... Uh, put more thought into um, making sure I'm doing what I want to be yeah, doing and that I am doing it the way I want to be doing it. So. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Dave, I keep wanting to call you Jack because <laughs> <Yes>. your, <laughs> your business is called Jack Duncan. And so who is Jack Duncan? Uh, Jack Duncan is my grandfather. Um, my mother's father, funnily enough. Um, so yeah, he was just a really styly kind of man's man nice. he was a coal miner a glacier guide and i just thought you know jack's a very solid name as well so i just thought it would be a good a, a good person to kind of name my business after it's great was he yeah. involved in the startup at all if, he wasn't so he passed away when i was pretty young around nine years old so um he no he has not been around to see any of this but his his wife my nana laurie has has been so that's been great for her yeah, that's she's been very excellent. Excited that's about a really good story. Yeah, and then and then Jack Duncan Designs works sort of collaboratively with with your wife's business as yeah. well. and is that the sister companies or how does that work? Basically, so we had a lot of people asking, "Do you do like Daddy and Me kind of shirts?" and 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 originally we weren't, but we decided, you know, she wanted to start something, um, a kids line, and so we decided to. I don't necessarily want Jack Duncan to be a children's and men's clothing line so we we kind of had the children's line that does shirts in the same prints and some little girls butterfly dresses um, and then that will sort of venture out into doing her own thing with you know different fabrics she wants to do and prints and things like that so yeah that's kind of what's going on with the little itty by bitty line which, is, okay. which has been really popular we're running out of time y'all but tell me real quick what's on the horizon in the near future i don't know maybe any short-term long-term growth plans for y'all always <laughs> it's like hard to stop yeah, them from coming non-stop. um yeah, uh, i mean definitely some short-term things um i'm uh, once again building inventory during the slow season um uh, building a small inventory uh 
to try and keep up when things pick up in the summer. And then um, we have some accessories we're working on to use the little pieces, the scraps, um, uh, just to make the waste, cut back on waste. And also that gives us an opportunity to cut back on costs because the fabric is, you know, there waiting to be used. And um, and then also um, looking into uh, some pattern, uh, some digital pattern. Oh, nice. Uh, maybe <laughs> the uh, exchanging of that you know we'll see that's um, that's a little farther out um, but it would definitely make it that much more accessible you know for people who want to try it themselves you know um, maybe can't afford the piece but uh, have a sewing machine at home so um, so yeah always thinking about what's next um, which you know that's fun to think about. It's harder to <laughs> right. put it yeah. into action, but because um, just the business itself keeps you so busy. Okay. But, and um, and yeah. Dave, what about for y'all? Um, pretty similar. We're you know ex- expanding our products next year, doing much larger um, markets, and hopefully, if we can hire someone or doing more, doing some wholesale and getting more products into men's stores locally and. And, you know, in some of the closer southern states around Louisiana. Okay. Um, so that's kind of on the horizon. Well, Dave Duncan and Paula Lafargue, it's so refreshing to visit with local entrepreneurs who are bringing their creative capital to the capital city and especially in a unique niche like apparel design and manufacturing. Baton Rouge is lucky to have you both. And we look forward to helping spread the word about your beautiful clothes. Thank you so much for taking time to share your stories and insights with me today on Out to Lunch. Awesome. Thanks for having me. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Dave Duncan of Jack Duncan Designs and Paula Lafargue of the Maybe Collection. We edited this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Dave and Paula on the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast on your podcast app and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. Today's show was engineered by Blake Longlinay. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com.
and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. Inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com. 